God bless you all, and welcome to Core 242 Podcast with Pastor Max and Pastora Trish. Join us as we study the Word of God. Um, we thought, when, we, when you speak about sharing time, um, to redeem time, meaning to take it for what God meant for it to be, is going to help us to share the time with others because we take the things of this world of everyday thing and we're going to take it and make it a, a God thing. And, when we take, and that's what um, God wants us to share with others. It's the God moments, not the other nonsense of the world kind of deal. And uh, the cool thing about this is we can go into is, is that an everyday thing could be a God thing. So, um, so we just want to talk about that. But before we even dive into into that, uh, it was just really interesting as we talk about time. I really want us to understand more what time is and the history of time, especially for God's people, the Jewish people. So treasure dove deep into that for the past couple of days. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> so I really want her to share with us, so so that way it can um, kind of give us more of an understanding as we dive into it. So one of the things in, in our preparation for this, obviously, you know, we're, we're moving through our core catalysts and, and looking at Acts chapter two, we just took each of the verbs, you know, there was being devoted to one another, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And at this point, we're talking about how they were all together and they shared things in common. And so what was it that they were sharing? And one of the first things that jumps off the page in Acts chapter two is the fact that they were together and they were every day breaking bread. They were sharing time, basically. So we can get focused on the fact that they were sharing belongings and all of that, and we'll get into those things. But the first and foremost that we see is that in order to create this fellowship, this community, um, as we've talked about, that the Christian walk was not meant to be alone, that we are first and foremost being made into the image of God. We're being made into the image of Christ, not individually, but collectively. As we come together, each of us has some aspect that is a reflection of who Christ is. And when we come together in unity, we're two or more gathered. He is in our midst. And so in the context of that, it is so important that we share time together because in that time, not only does God show up, but we get to know each other. We share each other's burdens. You know, you don't have a relationship. You can't say like, oh yeah, they're my best friend. But when was the last time you saw them? Well, like six years ago. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not how it works, right? Intimacy requires time. Yeah. And the thing that we, we want to start off with is, again, outside the box, understanding that it's about the quality of the time, yeah. not the quantity of the time. So Jesus even says himself that you don't have to be, you know, like the hypocrites and and those who babble on and on and on in prayer to get God's attention. He's your father. He already knows what you need. So you can just come to him. So it's the quality. It's coming vulnerable. It's coming honest. It's coming open. It's being real and letting your guard down. And again, not only with God, but learning to do that as a community with each other. Let's be real. Let's be like there was a beautiful picture of that tonight. And as painful as it was, like, we come around and we just encourage each other, right? Before we even started service, God was already in the room. We don't need to invite the Holy Spirit. He was already here. Mm -hmm. So looking at time, one of the first things that I I wanted us going into this study today is to think back to the book of Genesis. 
God creates the heavens and the earth. And the very first thing that he does is he begins to give it order in terms of space, right? But also in terms of time. He says there was evening and there was morning the first day, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was evening and there was morning the second day. Well, right outside of the box, we know that we've already got a misconstrued idea of time, right? Because the way we order time is we think my day starts in the morning and it ends in the evening, right? Most of us, when we think about like, what are you doing Wednesday? Well, I'm going to get up in the morning. No, actually, (laughs) the way God ordered it, it starts, remember, with darkness and chaos and it moves, our life moves towards order and peace and wholeness. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to come to church having it all together. We don't need to come to church being perfect. We have to come to church broken hurting with trauma, with our mess, with our junk, and trust that God is going to bring order to it. We move from darkness and chaos to light. That is the picture that's happening in Genesis. So right outside of the box, we have to understand that our concept of time is completely upside down. The battle between good and evil is not equal. The the greater light was during the day and the lesser night, the lesser light was at night, right? So we can learn a lot about time just from looking at the story of Genesis. But one of the big things that I want us to to know and understand, uh, which was pretty revolutionary for me, is that as you read scripture, you see that God created morning and evening. He created days, right? And so then he created the first week. And then when they come out of Exodus, he begins to create months. And he says, on this first day that you come out of Exodus, this will be the first day of the first month for you. So he creates months, right? And that's when they begin to have festivals and times. So just like a relationship, like when we first met, we didn't really have any special, um, special dates, but the longer we were together, it was like, Oh, this was the day of our, you know, when you asked me out and Oh, this was our anniversary of our wedding. And Oh, this was our. And so as you read scripture, you start to see the story that the holidays that God calls us to celebrate are memorials of the times of the moments of communion that God had with his people. They're not meant to be some hocus-pocus, super spiritual thing. But the, the, the sub-point of that to notice is so he created, obviously there's years, right? There's months, and then there's weeks and days. What you do not see are minutes and seconds, okay? They, they, are, not, they are not measured in Scripture. And I just think this is so important because... We have become slaves to time. Yeah. Yeah. Time is something that God gave us as a gift to order our lives. 100%. But instead, we allow time to order us. Yeah. Right? And, and in the Jewish construction of time, the way Jesus lived, first of all, when you follow his ministry, you can see that Jesus, he did not wear an Apple watch. Okay? <laughs> he, he was on his own. He could not be hurried. There were times when, when people said, oh, you need to go up to Jerusalem. And he said, no, now is not my time, right? There were times when people tried to encourage him to do this or do that. And he said, no, any time is good for you, but this is not good for me. And on the flip side, there were times when he was on his way to do a miracle, right? But someone touches the hem of his garment and he stops everything. That was really creepy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see that, but there's someone putting a piece of wood onto the fire. 
on the screen. Um, sorry. That's okay. It's something new. <laughs> that just threw me off for a second. But when it, you know he stops because someone touched the hem of his garment, and he says the whole world has to stop. And they look at him like he's crazy. Like, first of all, someone's about to die. You need to get over there. And secondly. There's all these people around. How are you how are you going to figure out who did this? And he won't move until he has that moment. And I just think that we if we're going to be on this journey to being made in his image and in his likeness, we have to start to approach our time the same way. Mm-hmm. We have to come with the with the intention to our day that yes, there are things that we would like to accomplish, but the God moments which we'll, we'll get into. There's two words in the Greek. There's chronos and kairos. And chronos is time that's sequential, like historical time. And then kairos are the moments when God intervenes. And we need to be looking for those kairos moments in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to structure our lives around the kairos moments, not around our work schedule, not around our family you know, expectations and birthdays. We need to center our lives around the kairos moment. And then the last piece of this, which is, just really important to understand is that we, again, we have seconds, minutes, it's standardized. We try to have this clock that revolves around, you know, the movement of the planets and the sun and it's all standard. There's 60 seconds in every minute, 60 minutes in every hour and so on. In Jewish understanding, there were 24 hours in a day, but depending on the season during the summer, it was from sunrise to sunset You divided it by 12, and that was the length of an hour. At night, from sunset to sunrise, that was also 12 hours. Well, if you know the math, then during the winter, the night hour was longer, and the day hour was actually shorter. So hour, they call it the relative hour, right? And I think that what we can take away from that as we go further into this teaching is that we need to stop having a standard Time Like one of my frustrations is, and maybe you have this at work too, there's just this expectation that when you have a meeting, it's supposed to go an hour. And the meeting could have been done in an email, right? But you have to sit there for an hour. And on the other hand, there's times when you're really deep into something and you need more time, but everyone's like all apologetic about the fact that you went over the hour. And instead, as believers, we need to approach time with one another not by this standard of, oh, well, I have to clock in with you and, well, I need to at least spend an hour with you a week, otherwise I'm not doing my responsibility. But to see that the hour is relative, it's the quality of the time, not the quantity of the time. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that when we are with people that we are fully present, whether it's for an hour or five hours or five minutes. Uh, The main thing is that we are present in the here and now, in the moment, not stuck in the past, not rushing ahead to our next appointment in the future, but that we are present with people in the moment the way that Jesus was for us. So that's the introduction just to the concept of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought, it, I, to me, it was, it was, I, I loved it. That even, because I was talking to, to Trish about it, you know, for, for me, I live bell to bell. You're living bell to bell. Like, I, I want to yell it. You know, period is over, and there's a ring of the bell, and it's my lunchtime. I get to eat, and it rings the bell, and then I get to teach a kid, and it rings the bell. Like, you know, there's all these things. Like, I feel like one of the dogs, like, what are those? Uh, 
the Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog. dogs. Like, <laughs> it rings, a third period rings, and I start to celebrate because so. that's my lunch period. Uh, but it, thinking of that concept of taking it that even in those times, even though as I'm going from one period to the next period to the next period, that it's not my 50 minutes of free time or 50 minutes of class, it's my 50 minutes of opportunity to see what God wants me to do during that time. It's the yeah. quality time that I get to spend with Him and whoever He puts in my life during that time. All right, so it's, it, he, could, he could give me a 30 second where I can just bless somebody or somebody will bless me in those 30 seconds or it could be an hour of conversation that will be glorifying God or an hour of just absolute boredom from meeting. But I need to be seeking his time and his moment. And uh, the, the key verse for us we're going to be is Ephesians 5.15 and 7, 5.15 through 17. Jose, when you get it, can you read it? Ephesians five fifteen to 17. Ephesians 5, 15, right? Yes. All right. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, I, we, took, we took that verse, and to me it was a big key, and, and where it says, uh, making the most of every opportunity that actually in the, it it's talks about redeem that time. Not just make an opportunity, but actually redeem it. And don't just redeem it for yourself, but redeem it for the Lord. And when you redeem something, you put value to it, right? If I redeem uh, redeem somebody, I put value. It's like, here, here's whatever the value for them. I'm t- they're, they're mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the important part. So we, we're redeeming that time. We're putting value. This is an important time for me, and I'm going to redeem it. For the Lord, whatever that time is, whatever we're doing at that point, it, it's it's for it's for the Lord, and we need to understand that uh, that it actually speaks. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what Lord's will is. We're looking for God's will in this time, and and what's what's scary not scary, but we need to understand. Um, that, that part in 16, the last thing says, because the days are evil. Trisha and I were driving, and she was like, you know what's evil? And both of us are like, the days. The days are evil. Mm-hmm. And, and we can take it in so many different ways, but, but the, the, the sadness is it is, and we're going to look at some of the verses talking about being darkness, that we were dark, and, and now we're, we're, we're being there for the work of the light and everything else. But it's, the days are evil. Sadly, when you go into Genesis, God told us that our days are going to be hard. We're we're going to toil for, and we're going to sweat, and we're going to break our backs. He told us that. That was our punishment. That's going to be. Jesus told us that we punishment consequences. Consequences. Yes, thank Mm -hmm. you. It was our consequence. Jesus told us that if you're going to be my followers, they will hate you. 
he told us that that we will not have a a rock to lay our hands on, on hands head on. He told us that 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 we'll, we will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. That's our as Christians, the chosen people. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, the main character says he's like, "Hey, we know we're chosen people." But can you sometimes choose somebody else? <laughs> you know? so, I think so, we've all been there. <laughs> so it's just one of those things like, thanks, God. I'm so glad I'm following you. If the enemy is persecuting you, then you know you're doing something right. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, great, great. Like, I'm doing uh, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> so the days are evil, but how are we going to redeem those days? That's That's our job that's our calling that's his will for us to redeem these days mm-hmm. for his kingdom for his glory for his for his honor right right yeah i'm gonna jump a little bit because we had those two that were yeah overlap but um from second peter uh chapter two i'm sorry chapter three second peter three uh i just want to read this this text for us to kind of unpack a little bit uh Second Peter chapter three, starting with verse eight, it says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Mm. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So this, um, this was in our, in our notes, the, the fact that a thousand years for us, is like a day for the Lord and vice versa. So God is outside of our understanding of time. So even in creation, you know, we, we had this conversation a couple months ago about, well, you know, did God really create the earth in six days or is it an old earth or, you know, was it a metaphorical, you know, day that was really millions of years? And I said, well, you know, if, if God didn't, did God first create an egg or did he create the chicken? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And Honestly, we know from scripture that he created the animals first. He didn't create, and he created a fully grown man and woman. So why would he not create an old earth? You know, so again, our concept of time, we could sit and with science, you know, explore and say, oh no, but the rock formations. And it's like, I'm sorry, if God could create everything, why couldn't he create an earth that according to our measurements seems old, right? Right. Uh, He can do whatever he wants. But... As we read this, it says that he is not slow in keeping his promises. This is what I want to hone in on. He is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient. So this is the thing. Because we're like, man, Lord, you said you'd be coming and you'd come soon. And it's been 2,000 years. Like, like, when are you coming? And it says he is, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So the reason why he's slow in coming is not because we have to go to some place across the world to evangelize 
or to grow a huge mega church or anything. You know, we've been having a lot of these conversations. He is waiting on you. Like right now in this, you know, maybe 50 years ago, he was waiting on our parents or our grandparents. Mm -hmm. But in this day, in this generation, because you and I exist, what the Lord is waiting for for his return, he is waiting for you and I to be ready. We are to be made into his image, into his likeness. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe me, again, it goes on here to say, as you, and this is verse 12, as you look forward to the day of the Lord and speed its coming, you want him to come and you want him to come soon, then get right with the Lord. And I don't mean that you have to fast a certain way and go to church a certain number of times. You know that. We've talked about that. What it means is love him above all else with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength and love each other, love one another as you also learn to love yourself. This is what we need to do. We need to be in his image and in his likeness. And we can actually, just like the Jewish concept of time, that that the days were shorter or longer based on the season, that if you feel like it's dragging on, like life is slow and hard and heavy, then get our priorities right. Right. And he, he the reason why he's slow in coming is because he's, he's being gracious with us. Right. Not with the people out there. He's being gracious with the church. He's being gracious yeah. with you and I. That's right. I, th- I think that's, uh, just to jump in, like, you, if you talk to Christians, they're like, yeah, I want him to come. Do you want him to come now? It's like, well, I... I want to get married I want to get married. I want to I get that honeymoon, you know. Or it's like, I want to see my grandchildren, or I want to retire and enjoy my retirement first, and then he can come. wicked world. Huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's in our church we will say like Lord, come Lord Jesus come, but can you just? I I I was waiting for the piano. Uh, You know, but we're we're not ready. We're like we're ready, but we're not ready. Some of us are like, um, (laughs) take me now, Lord. Right, but we have to give up ourselves. We have to give up all of who we are. In order for that to come, we have to be made in his image and, and come together in unity and in love mm-hmm. and for him to really, you know, we're not ready. We're not ready for him. And, but we could be, I mean, we could be ready tonight. Uh, if, if the Lord should, should find us <laughs> ready. I mean, that's what he says in revelation. It says that the, the bride has made herself ready, right? So the church is ready and then he comes. Uh, but we, we've lost that and we just kind of like, oh, well, you know, Jesus, where, where are you? Why are you? It's just like, you really want me to come? Mm-hmm. Or, or do you still want to get that job? Do you still want to buy that house? Do you still want to have children? Like, I think you still have goals. I think you still want to build that mega church and you want to start that business and you want it like, or, or are you really ready to just be done? Are, are you ready to stand before my throne? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's another sermon. To get a little more ready. but but we're under grace right so we're under grace it doesn't mean we have to be perfect we 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 said that earlier during worship that we come broken and it's okay to be broken yeah he's not asking us to have it all together but he's asking us to be real about our ugly and to be honest about our brokenness and and to desperately need him that we want him to come Mm -hmm. yeah that we're not saying, Lord, just give me a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just need to sit with that one for a minute. Yeah. 
we're, we're going to dive into Colossians, right? You're in John, I'm in Colossians. I, I was here, I was on Peter. No, you can go, yeah. All right, so we want to look into Colossians 4 or 5, just, re- just really quick. Um, it's, it's a quick verse, but it um, helps us to how we're going to have spend that time, how we're going to redeem that time. Um, and it's just one verse, so I'll just read it. Colossians 4 or 5 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And again, it's like make the most of the opportunities. Again, it's the redeeming of time. So we have those opportunities every day to redeem the time of at, at work, at the gas station, at the store. At, at any time, we have those opportunities uh, to redeem it for the Lord. Again, we don't need to... And I think it's uh, it's important for me to to say we don't need to to redeem the time for the doesn't mean that we're preaching, evangelizing, praying for somebody, worshiping, and everything else. It's just when we show love, when we show kindness, when we show goodness, and everything else, that we're redeeming that time for the Lord. Because right. I don't want us to be like, well, all I'm going to do is just pray for people from now on, and I'm never going to talk to them ever again. That's right. that's not redeeming. Right. Yeah, and if you look at the verses around this Colossians 2 through 6, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Um, And then skipping ahead, it says, Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer everyone. And I don't want to put Cynthia on the spot, but I want to just share it to give you guys a real practical, okay? So Cynthia and I were both called for jury duty on Tuesday. And jury duty is brutal. Let me just say, we sat there for hours and hours and hours. And I was praying to the Lord because I was like, this is the biggest waste of time. <laughs> and I was trying to make the most of it. And I'm looking out the window and I'm praying and I'm reading. I wrote a book and I'm, you know, all of that. I even tried to be productive and did some emails and stuff. But at the end of the day, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is literally torture. And it was so bad. Um, and they kept us till six o'clock. But on the way out, shortly before, we both, Cynthia and I, we didn't know each other, get called up to get asked the same questions we had heard, like 30-something people all be asked. And as it comes out, I shared that I was a minister, right? And I didn't know that Cynthia apparently is a minister as well. So I just, just I, you know, I, I'm slap happy at this point. So I'm just answering the questions. Like, they're like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, well, I like to sing, but I'm really bad at it. Like, I'm just answering the questions all kinds of crazy. So then it comes Cynthia's turn. And so then she was emboldened to just say, I'm going to be honest. She's like, I'm a minister too. And then they're like, do you think that you could be non-biased in this case? And she's all like, no, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Uh, I'm, I'm a exaggerate but that was kind of in a nut she was basically yeah saying like i i have bias i don't think i could do it if it's and, against uh, the word of the lord <laughs> yeah so anyway so we neither of us got chosen needless <laughs> <to say. laughs> but we were chosen by god let's make it spiritual so i had our little core business card and we exchanged and we start just to talk on the way literally from the courtroom to the parking lot and then we stood in the parking lot for another, I don't know how long, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, I'm not sure. But that was redeeming the time. Yeah. That half an hour, 45 minutes, not only did it make the entire day worth it, 
it made so much that had happened to me in the weeks prior mm-hmm. worth it. She was speaking a word over me. You all have no idea. Wow. She was just like, you need to know that God is more than able. And more." Than... she's just, I was like, I'm going to need to give you an offering in a second. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Wow. So we just, I mean, we just had this connection. Yeah. And it, that was a redeeming the time moment. And, and because not just me, but both of us, we're being mindful and watchful and waiting for like, okay, God, I believe you have me here for a reason. Like, I don't know what it is. So I'm just going to sit and I'm going to wait it out. Wow. And then we met each other and we were like, this is why we're here today. Like, this is, this is the moment. And so then we just began to listen and share and speak over each other. And here she is tonight, you know, and oh, the guy's putting another piece of wood up. <laughs> and it was, that is redeeming the time. That is what God wants us to do is he knows that the work is hard. He knows that so much of what we do feels like it's in vain and it's exhausting and you just get up and you do the grind day after day. And he's like, but I will give you a moment. There's, there, and not just one, but he'll give us many moments every day if we're aware of it. And we say, God, I want you to redeem this time. Make this so that, you know, look at the story of Joseph, right? He he gets enslaved and he he's in the prison and... He goes through all these years and then his brothers come and he says, but what the enemy meant for evil, like God, you know, God used it for good. And, and that's what we want to do when we stand before the throne of God is that, that we say, you know, yes, there was, there was all this sin and all this brokenness and all this suffering in my life, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it because God redeems the time. And he uses us to redeem the time that none of it is in vain. Mm -hmm. None of it was wasted. But he is making us into his image and into his likeness. So you may have gone to the interview and you didn't get the job. Or you may have been disappointed by this or disappointed by that. But it wasn't about that anyway. It was about what he's doing in you. God cares more about your character than he does your circumstances. And we need to have that, that, those eyes to see and those ears to hear and a heart that can understand when it comes to sharing our time. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's and I think that's the hard part. I think we all go through, especially from where the things we're going through right now, is finding that redeeming time. When when I was being trained for chaplaincy, and we do mediation, like after an earthquake or after some some kind of problem, and you have these groups, and and they always taught us that you cannot close the group. Um, group conversation until we can come around and people can share what was one positive thing and there's times where you can't you can't do that you know when you're sit, sitting with a family who whose child just committed suicide mm-hmm. and you're like all right what is one positive thing that came out of this like mm-hmm. to me it's even hard for me to say something like that to a family but yeah. you need to be able to say that and you need to be able to sit there and to reflect and like all right god this is hard. This is painful. This, I hate this. But I know you're in this somewhere. You're going to teach me something. You're going to use this for, for something. You've got to find that moment. You've got to find that peace. You've got to find that and trust that it's there. We've got to trust them that it's there. Even in the painful hours, we've got to trust that that redeemable moment is there. That teaching is there. And that's where we meet. That, that's where God wants our heart to be. To be like, hey, listen. 
I know you're there. I, I got you. Again, thinking of the most redeemable moment of time is when Jesus is on the cross, beaten, bleeding, crying out. But that's where he redeemed us. That's where he redeemed us. When you look from the outside, not knowing God's will and what God is doing at that time, you see it. You see a leader, the hope of the Jews, dying on the cross. The last hope. He's done the miracle. He's done everything that the Messiah was supposed to do, but now he's on the cross. But that was the time that he redeemed us. That was when he was the most powerful. Not when he fed the 5,000, the 4,000, and the blind could see. And the no, that wasn't the most biggest part. The redeeming part was on that cross when there was no hope. Mm-hmm. But that's where the power was. And I'm actually open to that right now, where it says in John 20, it says on the evening on that first day of the week, which again, if you understand Jewish concept of time, we are on the evening of the first day of the week. And it says, it says that when they saw him, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed. So that moment on the cross the day in the tomb, all of those things suddenly just make sense. And right now we're in that in-between. And that's where we find comfort in one another is in the in-between as we wait on the Lord. We know that he will redeem everything. Everything that we're carrying right now, all of our hurt, all of our disappointment, all of our tears, all of our discomfort, all of our loneliness, in an instant, it will all make sense. And we just have to be still and wait on him. And even even more amazing is he, he promises in Matthew 28 when he says, sends us out into the world, he says that he will be with us always, even to the end of the age. So we're all sitting around waiting for the second coming, and he's like, I'm already here. It, it's just that you don't see me. We're waiting on him, but he never left. Yeah. He's here with us right now. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is right here, right now, in our midst. But we need to have eyes to see it. We need to be prepared. The kingdom of God will be revealed when we are ready to see it. Yeah, I, th- I think this verse kind of sums it up and gives us an exit. Romans 11 and 12. Uh, I'm sorry, Romans 13, verse 11 and 12 says... And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Just was saying that we got to open our eyes. Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. 